Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio A. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do I have exciting news for you guys today. I have in Studio A here today with me, Miss Eve Harrow. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. So I'm going to allow Eve to introduce herself. Um, Eve has a, a podcast on the Land of Israel Network, and she is a prolific speaker, and so I want to kind of hear about your mission, who you are, where you're from, kind of go through, give me like the, the Cliff Notes version at least. Okay, so um, I live in Israel in a place called Defrat, which is in Gush Etzion, south of Bethlehem. Okay. Um, lived there for almost 31 years. Uh, actually, my dad was raised in Jerusalem. Uh, he is a Palestinian, funnily enough, huh. because the Jews before 1948 were the ones who were known as the Palestinians, and his family got out of Germany when the Nazis came to power in the early 30s, and he actually grew up in Jerusalem as a penniless refugee. So, And then my mom came to Israel in the 50s, and they met. To make a long story short, I ended up being raised in the States. Um, when I was eight years old, we went to Israel for the first time, and I fell in love with the country. I can't explain it to this day. But um, I knew that I belonged there, like my soul. And we weren't particularly observant at the time. Very Jewish, but not as observant as I became later. And uh, I just knew that one day I had to live there. And um, so everybody laughed at me. Of course, I was eight. But I would only date guys who would move to Israel because it's not an easy thing to do. So where were you living at that time? At Los Angeles. I grew up in L.A. Anyhow, we went through school. I got married. We finished our schooling. And um, we moved to Israel with three children. We had another four after we got there. So we have seven. Wow, seven yeah, children. Seven wow. Seven kids. Incredible. They're, they're all grown up now. As a matter of fact, my eighth grandchild is on the way. That's wow. really much easier. Okay. Um, and I got involved in um, in advocacy for Israel pretty early. I was on the local council of my town for 10 years, uh, which was interesting. Everything I've done, I see it, God wanted me to do in order to get somewhere. I was very, very shy and had no confidence whatsoever. And moving to Israel completely changed my personality. I feel that God gave me a gift because I'm using it for my people. And yeah. that's the only reason. Um, and so that's what I do, because how do you turn that down? Yeah. So um, really, so I've had a, I had a radio show for a long time. Now it's a podcast, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network, every Sunday. Uh, I try and interview, sometimes it's just a monologue if I, there's a lot on my brain, but a lot of times I just try and interview people. You have the most interesting guests. I have, it's very eclectic. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's not always a comfortable interview and it's not even always an interview that I agree with. Yeah. Um, One of my big things is to get people to be uncomfortable because that's how you grow. That's how I grow. That's why I've jumped out of planes and gone, uh, gone scuba diving and all these things to get over my own fears. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm here now in the States. I became a tour guide 10 years ago. So I take people around the land, which is just the most awesome thing. Uh, always with Bible in hand. Yeah. It does. It doesn't matter who the group is. Um, always with Bible in hand. And the biggest compliment someone can pay me is at the end of a trip saying, you know what? I'm going to open the Bible again because a lot of people are not familiar with the Bible. Uh, and uh, they say, you know, you just like, we're standing somewhere and you're opening the Bible and saying this happened right here. Right. And it's a completely different experience. Yeah, especially if you're a cultural Jew or a cultural Christian. Yes. And then, oh, wait, the Bible, there's 
like a place. There's a place, <gasps> and that's the place. Yeah. So it's just it's just wild. Um, so that I've been doing for like the last 10 years along my show. And then it kind of rolled into speaking. And now I come to the States into Canada and I was in England at the end of December. Uh, I kind of, I, I put together things, I think in a, a way that not everybody does. That's just how I'm wired. Um, and, uh, I love my people. I love my country and I see God in my life all the time. It's like a, a physical presence. It's not just a theoretical thing. And that has really empowered me in many ways. Yeah, no doubt. So, so today, if you were to try to define your mission, you know, you're you're here at Beit Tehillah Congregation, an Orthodox Jew from the land of Israel, with a Christian community speaking mm-hmm. to us. Obviously, we were very eager to hear what you have to say. Um, but what what did you what would what would you say your your mission is if you were trying to define it? Because sometimes missions are hard to define. But right to educate people. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, in Hebrew, uh, a tour guide is actually a moraderich, which is a teacher on the way. Huh. It's not like Universal Studios, you know, and that's where they film Jaws, and that's what most of us think of tour guide. Yeah. Um, but it, it's different in Israel. The Hebrew word, I think, the Hebrew way of saying it means a lot. Um, to educate people, I, I try and stay away from the word truth. People will say, oh, you're trying to get us to see the truth. But there are probably many truths. Hmm. Um, so there is, and even my own truth, whatever that means has changed over time as I've changed. Um, definitely being a mom has, my kids have been my biggest teachers. Um, being a parent changes you like nothing else does. And it sounds funny, but in a way I understand God better now because it's very hard sometimes <laughs> to love somebody unconditionally when what you want to do is just like... Smite them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, ironically, having children has made me appreciate how tough this has been for God, yeah. uh, dealing with humankind. So we, We've uh, been over this already. You're still doing uh, the thing I told you not to do. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. You know, so you can't watch TV for a week. No, we're way beyond that. So that's, that's so everything that I do, I incorporate every Torah lesson that I go to Bible lesson that I go to, I incorporate into my guiding every place that I go to my husband and I like to travel now that we got the kids out of the house. Um, we like especially going to Europe because I don't think Europe's going to be there for too much longer. It's yeah. not in its current form. <laughs> right. Um, and wherever we go, we take the Jewish tour. Nah. How did my people survive? Everything mm. ends in 1945, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. But, you know, everywhere we go. Um, and that's been very interesting to see things from another perspective. You know, I live in Judea, but when you go to Rome as a Judean, Rome, for your listeners who have been there, very much of the victories of Rome were the losses of Judea. Mm. It's like when they're parading the menorah around Rome, Ugh. that's my menorah from my temple that yeah. they destroyed in 70. Yeah. So th- it was very difficult to be there and to see things from a different perspective. Right. But I think we need to do that. And that's also part of the reason I think that I enjoy very much working with Christians, where clearly there's a massive difference yeah, in theology. But I think that you can try and see things the way other people see them, still be secure in who you are, um, but respect other people and find the common ground and agree to disagree. Something that, sadly, I think is somewhat missing in America today. Is like if you get into, you can't get into politics or anything like that with people here, it's really... So I'm trying to say, you know, guys, it's okay. You know, from listening to the Land of Israel Network, one of my favorite phrases, and I forget who is the one that says it, but I know it's a famous one. It's two Jews, three opinions. Oh, definitely. Oh, Only three opinions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I, I, I love that saying because we don't have that art here in America anymore. It's it's one opinion and it's mine. Right. Right. Exactly. And, yours and is... I'll be very open-minded as long as you agree with me. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know what? It's built in our name. If yeah. you look at the three major religions in the world, Islam means submission. Right. Christianity, of course, is about Jesus. Right. And Israel means wrestle with God. Right. Israel. Yeah. So um, we were going to be debating and arguing from the get-go. Sure. It was, it's just inherently part of who we are. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, one of my favorite podcasts of yours, it was actually pretty recent, and it was, uh, you were interviewing a pastor from the Seventh-day Baptist yes. denomination, which I didn't even know existed, right? Now, keep Not in mind, we keep the Sabbath here at Beit Tehillah. I didn't even know the Seventh-day Baptist existed. I was like, Adventist. It's like, no, Baptist. Mm-hmm. Like, he made that early clear. Yeah, he did. But that, what an awesome, awesome interview you guys had. And I would encourage our listeners that if you haven't listened to it yet, do you know the name Greg of that Olson. one? Greg Olson. Greg yeah, Olson. out of Minnesota. Very do- interesting guy. I've, I've guided them a few times. Yeah. And they've brought other pastors to me, or they've brought people from their congregation. Um, and we had a very honest discussion. It wasn't an easy one either. Yeah, no, it was. It was really was. great. But it must be interesting friend. for you to listen to it, because his perspective is probably pretty close to ours. Like, when I was listening, he does a good job of articulating in a very kind manner his position of disagreement with mm-hmm. certain... Because he, he shows how... This is how we disagree with the Christians. This is how we disagree with, you know, modern-day Judaism. Right. Uh, but this is what we hold... And this is why we hold it that way. And he just kind of was unapologetic, but he was also very gracious with it. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, like if everybody could be like that guy, totally. In j- whether whatever position you're in, that would be a great pos- way to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's like a good example. Obviously, I agree with a lot of stuff he said. So right. maybe I'm biased, but that's I thought, fine. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. But somebody told me that there are oh. over forty thousand different sects. I don't know if that's the proper word <clears throat> of Christianity. Right. So you have now. Catholicism. And yeah. then you have like your orthodoxy, and then right. you have the Protestants. And like well, among the Protestants, it, officially they say 40,000 denominations. Now, I would say that you could probably categorize those into probably a thousand, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's still a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, well, it's... I find the Christians are on a search now, which mm-hmm. I find completely fascinating. No, well, as listen, someone who's constantly on a search, also. I mean, the, the identity of the global Christian church is, is up on the chopping block at the moment. People are vying for it and they're competing for. And there's ideas that are competing for the identity, for the heart of Christianity as to like, how do we, do we trust the Bible? Like, what do, what do we do? Is this just a feeling? Are we making up our own Jesus? Like, I mean, there's a bunch of different mm-hmm. political sects of which direction they're going to go. So it's very interesting to watch people and the ideas they come up with. And like, on the surface, you're like, how did you even get there? And then you stop and you listen and you're like, oh, that's how you got there. Like, I mean, I still agree with it, but right. I mean, at least there's some logic behind it. Sometimes there's no logic, which there's always those, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, See, I find, though, that that God bringing the Jews back to the land of Israel, and there were always Jews in the land, sure. but in a sense where we're now sovereign, and right. I think that that's what kicked off a lot of what's happening in Christianity. I right totally now. agree. I oh, don't I... think it's a coincidence. It's the last century, more or less. Um, a, because for those people who believed that the Jews were like some last year's story, um, clearly God is still with us, right. because otherwise this should not have ever happened. Yeah. And when you open the prophets and you read about right. what they're saying, it's like, wow, they actually were right. Wait a second. Wait, this thing's true? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's not just true for me. Right. It's also true for the Jewish people? That's right. Hang on a second. So maybe yeah. we're still relevant to what's happening in the world. And then you see, and there's no other word but obsession oh, of yeah. the world when it comes to this little tiny country. Yeah. So something much bigger than all of us is happening here, and I think it's God. And he oh, no is, doubt. He's out there. And I would even say that the next differences that we're going to have, are, I would say, are not going to cut across so much religious lines as they are God people versus not God people. I agree with that. Uh, there's a lot of Jews, people, let's say, who were born to Jewish mothers or are Jews by choice, 
who don't believe in God, and I think at some point their children or grandchildren will not identify as Jews anymore because of it. Sure. There's a lot in with Christians also, and I think that that's where now the divide the lines are going to be, is people who believe that there's a greater power at work here and people who believe it's just all kind of coincidental and random. Right. No, I agree. You know, it's funny, the first person I think that proposed that probably to us here, but he was Avi Lipkin. I don't know if you know who Avi mm, Lipkin is. So Avi Lipkin yeah. was, and he's been coming here, I mean, obviously, I, longer than I've been here, right? So for 30 years, he's been coming to see the dryers, and then once it was established as Beit Tehila, he's been coming the whole time. So, I mean, it's been a, a long relationship with him, but he comes around every once in a while, and he has his mm-hmm. his his uh, his books and his right. thoughts and, and everything, um, but he's the one that, that said that, that it's mm-hmm. ultimately, everybody's afraid of Islam, and everybody's afraid of this or that, but it's it's atheism that is is the great... Right enemy of, of God's people, because ultimately they're going to just try to say, like, if you believe in this, then you have a mental illness, or you're this, or you're that. Mm-hmm. I mean, label it and and cause whatever and science issues. Science is what's so important. Yes. Right, right. Well, like, we don't believe in science, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> science is great. It has its place. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's a good segue, because I wanted to see... You, it's interesting, you know Avi Lipkin, then you obviously know Aaron Lipkin. I know Lipkin. who he is. I don't know if he knows who I am. I've heard his name. Do, how about Aaron Lipkin, his son? Mm-hmm. So Lipkin Tours, you familiar with mm-hmm. those guys? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody on this list? So this is a list of people that I put together that I just said, hey, and this is not a complete list, but this is what I consider uh, Israeli friends of Beit Tehillah. Okay. Um, just people that we have had invited and come, and I'm hoping to add your name to this list. Definitely. Yeah, okay. So I'm definitely going to add you to this list because we feel that in order for us to work together, we have to network, right? Mm -hmm. We have to know who are the players, the movers, and the shakers that are doing the things that need to be done in order to make God's plan move forward, right? Um, Because we know who the enemy is. We know who those... Well, that's a good point. Good, good... We, we know what the enemy is, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, or at least we think we do at, at this point. It's the people that think that uh, Israel shouldn't exist in its present form and right. all that, which we're going to get into that here in just a second. But my point being, this is kind of our little network that we've started to work on and we're pretty excited about, um, and maybe you can help us expand our network. Maybe offline you can tell me people that we should connect with and stuff okay. like that. But uh, so uh, Avi and Aaron, uh, are you familiar with the guys from Highvale? Yes. Okay. So they're obviously not Israeli, but there's, you know, they spend a lot of time in Israel. They spend a yes. lot of time in Israel. So Tommy and Sherry Waller, Caleb, Joshua, Zach, um, we've had them all pretty much here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our congregation actually goes over there uh, and spends time, you know, working the vineyards and stuff like that. Nadi Ram has been here, which right. we've already confirmed that you know who Nadi Ram is. Man, that was exciting. He is a rock star. That yeah, guy is a very interesting guy. I get his, his WhatsApp. And uh, I mean, if you ever really want to know what's going on in Judea Samaria, you just get mm-hmm. his WhatsApp distribution, and it's like, man, he knows like before the newspapers get it. He's, yeah. you know, hey, I'm here defending this person or that person. I'm getting these kids out of jail for doing this or that. I mean, just it's just awesome. Uh, Eliezer Braun, you know Eliezer Braun? I know the name also. So he used to be with, uh, he's retired from Shuva Israel, mm-hmm. um, and now obviously doing his own his own thing. But he's uh, been great, and he we've actually done. Uh, podcast with him as well. His wife, Ellen Braun, are you familiar with her? Just the name. Okay, she's a micro-calligraphy artist. Have you ever seen her artwork? Uh, I saw it at the people I'm staying at. Oh, okay. Yeah, beautiful All right. work. Yeah, 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 the post called Bread and Breakfast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm still waiting on my chance to get to go stay at the post called Bread and Breakfast. <laughs> I recommend it highly. Yeah, I've never, I've never been invited so far. I mean, I've been there for dinner, but I've never gotten to the chance to stay, you oh, know? okay. Um, so what, what cool art, but... Um, I, I think our listeners have heard about it, but basically it's just, it's the word 
in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And it's just, she makes these murals out of these micro, you know, right. letters and stuff and colors. So the closest thing I can compare it to is like those dot paintings mm-hmm. that people did back in the day, right. but with Hebrew letters and like the Exodus will have a, a picture of the parting of the Red Sea. And I mean, right. it's just awesome stuff. Um, Shmuel Younger. Do you know mm-hmm. Shmuel Younger? Also, all these names I know, but I don't necessarily know them personally. Yes, man, we need to we need to connect you. I mean, I guess. Yeah. yeah see, in this my is spare time. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> your spare time exactly. Hanok Young. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with him? Also, his name. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Reuben Prager. Yeah, that name I know. So too. he's a Levite on duty uh, oh. in uh, in Jerusalem. Okay. Uh, I I think he may be self appointed. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my favorite story from Reuben was uh, how he has he talks about Jerusalem syndrome. That people come yes. to the land, they come to Jerusalem, and all of a sudden they think they're John the Baptist or have Elijah. A psychotic break in in those terms, yes. Right, and uh, so he says, I can't tell you how many times I've dressed King David or Elijah or whoever. Um, all very cool stuff. Uh, but then the people that we want you to help us connect with, right? Which we, we've connected with Jeremy and Ari, mm-hmm. uh, but we definitely want to also connect with Yeshai Fleischer. So Jeremy, Ari, and Yeshai are kind of on our list of folks that like, man, we're like right there connected right. with. We're, we're, we're vaguely associated, you right. know? Okay. So, and then uh, obviously we would love Josh Haston, uh, yeah, Gil these Hoffman. Are my guys. I know they are. Yeah. I know they are. And so we're, we're excited about them. That's, we were like, man, we got Eve Harrow. Like you're on this list, you know, of people that we mm. were like excited to meet. And so here you are right here. So moving on, um, I want to talk about, uh, what is it from your perspective that Jews and Christians have in common? Where, where is the, the, the point where we intersect and can say, hey, we have common cause or, or whatever? So are you talking about Jews living in America or <laughs> Israeli Jews? Because there's a difference. Well, why don't you tell me the difference? Because that's an interesting distinction that you make. All right. So the Jews who live in Israel have a, because of the power of place, um, I think we have... And obviously, this is a gross generalization. Um, it's a different kind of a life because when you live in the land, you feel things differently. For example, the holidays. It wasn't clear to me until I actually moved to Israel that the cycle of holidays has to do with the harvest in the land of Israel. Mm. Passover is the barley harvest. I mean, right now, for example, we are about to roll into, in the Hebrew calendar, a second month of Adar. We mm. have a 13 month calendar. Sure. Why? Because Passover has to be in the spring. And therefore, what used to happen in the olden days is the sages would walk the land around this time of year and say, are we ready for spring? Because the month of Nisan, the Hebrew month of Nisan, is right. when Passover happens. And if the answer is no, which it would have been this year, it's still been raining, the sheep are not yet fat enough and ready to be sheared, the barley and the wheat are not ripening in the fields, all those signs of spring is not yet there. Huh. And they would have added another month to push it into the spring. Yeah, you wouldn't know that in Florida, but... You would not know that. So you (laughs) won't know that anywhere really outside the land of Israel. Interesting. Um, Because, like, so that's why, for example, on Sukkot, on um, Tabernacles, Mm -hmm. I will take people down to the Jordan Valley to pick dates. Because the holiday, we're sitting in the booths with the schach, with the date leaves as a roof, and we're holding the lulav, which is the heart of the palm. It's all about the date harvest. And Hanukkah is all about the olive harvest, and that's the time of year that it comes in. So I've seen how Judaism, and I'm going to use Judaism advisedly, and I'll explain why in a minute, actually reflects the land of Israel and its harvests. And there's a rhythm to the religion that is, is if you do it out, my feeling, 
is if you do it outside the land, it's like playing a wooden piano and expecting it to make music. <laughs> it, it really, for me personally, it only makes music in the land. I get it. And it all fits together. It all sure. synthesizes in a way that, for me, it did not fit outside the land. Um, but when I talk about Judaism is the Judaism that you see today is very different than biblical Judaism. Okay, the, the thousand years or so when we had first the first and then the second temple was a very was oriented to a certain place. It was oriented to Jerusalem. It was oriented to those services. And it was very much about the land and, you know, the farmers and why did they bring first fruits to the temple? Because that's you were a farmer. Yeah. And how do you thank God? How do you pay homage to God? You bring him some of what you have worked very hard to have. Yeah. Um, although interestingly enough, except for on Shavuot, where you bring the first fruits, you, you would bring something that you had to intervene. You didn't bring olives, you brought olive oil. You didn't bring, you didn't bring wheat, you brought flour. Huh. Meaning you took what God gave you, which is the harvest, but then you had to do something to it. Huh. Um, and so that's what I love about Judaism, is to, to a great degree we're in partnership with God, yeah. which is like an outrageous thought to be able to do that. Um, so for me, it is incredibly fulfilling to be able to do that in the land. But after the temple was just, the second temple was destroyed in 70, um, the way that Judaism was really saved was by the sages who really had to reform Judaism for a world without a temple. I yeah. don't think they knew how long it was going to be. Right. And therefore like prayers three times a day replaced sacrifices in the temple three times a day. Right. Now Christianity only comes out then. Christianity comes into a post-temple world. Right. All right? And there's a lot going on in, in the Jewish world at the time, and a lot of different streams, Christian, the early Christians just being one of them. Right. All right? And so, and then it rolls on. So today you have Jews and you have Christians, but really there were a whole lot of other, we talk about like a thousand different sects of Christianity yeah. now. You had Bethusians and Sadducees and Essenes, and they all either died out or just were lost, whatever it is. And so the two groups that are really left from that very insane first century are today's Christians. Of course, Christianity has also changed a lot yeah. of the years, and Jews. So when you see Judaism today, and what you guys are doing now, which I find so amazing and beautiful, is you're learning the Bible. Yes. And But Bib, the, the Judaism of the Bible, which I source out of, when I talk about Abraham, he's my great-grandfather. There's a continuous line, yeah. which is something that you don't have in Christianity. Right. You don't have that, that lineage. So like Yishai Fleischer you mentioned, who is the spokesperson for Hebron. So when I go to the Tomb of the Patriarchs, I'm visiting my grandparents. Right. That's, there's a, really a powerful connection there. When my family sits at Passover Seder, we left Egypt. We were standing at Sinai when we got the covenant. Those are huge things. That, that historical memory is a very, very big part of Judaism. Oh, yeah. But Judaism itself has, as I said, changed over the years. And even though we were always in the land, we weren't free and we didn't have, the, you know, we couldn't run things the way we do now. Yeah. So it, it's a lot, it, there's changes that happen all the time. And yeah, we just, we just had right uh, in there. Reuben Prager here. I mentioned him, the Levite on duty. Yes. And so he sees it as his mission uh, to restore the traditions of the pre-70 mm -hmm. uh, Judaism. So right. he makes these biblical garments. Right. Uh, the Israeli half shekel, mm -hmm. um, all these things that he's doing, right? Which are pretty cool uh, on the surface. But one of the things that he says, uh, and it's kind of to the tune, and he just articulated it in this interesting way, is imagine uh, Judaism today as a man who got in a terrible car accident 
and he's in a full body cast except for his right foot. And so his wife can only give him love and affection by paying attention to his right foot because every other inch of his body is in a cast. Well, all of a sudden, you know, one day he gets the cast off and his wife just still only pays attention to his right foot because that's what she's been doing for all of this time. So it's this habitual thing that she does. But now Mm -hmm. you're in the land, you have all this, you know, wonderful things that you can do. You have the full body and the the substance of your traditions back but yet still focusing on this one little thing and that's that's what he's saying his his mission is to get everybody to start paying attention to the rest of of what right. you, you have at your disposal exactly well that that's some of the internal jewish conversation that's right. happening um is which traditions should we still keep and which were for a time period when we we're in the diaspora and living in other people's countries right and maybe you're not necessary anymore. And that, that's some of the debate that we're having within Israel. It's not a debate that I would even think of having if I wasn't living in Israel. Yeah. But when you're home, or as I say, when you're wearing your slippers, um, <laughs> you can have a different discussion than when you're out in somebody else's house. Yeah. So we got onto this topic by talking about Jews in America versus mm-hmm. Jews in Israel. And so I guess to summarize, if, if I understand correctly, it's just being in the land just changes things. It does. It's just different. Um, you know, I, uh, I was at a conference, um, this is what, uh, last year, um, this time of year, actually. And, oh, whenever I see somebody that's obviously Jewish, uh, I just go meet them. It's just my thing, you know, uh, especially because when we're standing there and we're at just some secular, regular, it's a marketing conference and all these other people are not Jewish. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny, you'll, the Jews, they, they meet each other. Like, yes. so I realize that, right? And so um, I go over and I introduce myself. This guy was obviously an Orthodox Jew. He had a kippah, you know, right, seat right. seats, the whole bit. And so I go and I talk to him and I start talking to him about the Sabbath. And he's like, his mind is blown, right? So he's never experienced or in, met anybody mm-hmm. like me. He's from Brooklyn. Um, so he's a very interesting guy. And we got on the topic of Israel. Because if I'm going to talk to Jewish people, obviously right. my love for the Jewish people and Israel kind of go hand in hand. Not so much, right? So I yes. run into this conversation where it's like, yeah, so I got a lot of family that's uh, not real happy about uh, the land of Israel and mm-hmm. the government and secular this and secular that. and Which is all true. Right. Yes. Well, listen, I, there's no, we can always pick at the things that are wrong, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's something. Um, but prophecy is being fulfilled every day, and well, to ignore that. It is. It is. But if you ignore just the joy right. of watching the Bible come to life, exactly. you've totally missed it. I mean, it's just, boom, right over your head, and you've just you've just fallen asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting conversation. I love good conversations. So we had a good conversation, he and I. I took a selfie with him and everything because, you know, it's just good fun. And uh, But to that point is, to me, when you say American Jews versus Israeli Jews, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, right. you know? Um, just like as a, as a Christian, just going to regular church before I figured out Torah, my first experience, besides going to a, a Jewish preschool, I went to a Jewish preschool called Temple Israel, but I was four, so I don't remember anything, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But uh, as an adult, my first experience with a Jewish person was I was up in New Jersey at a chiropractic convention, and I'm standing there, the sun's going down, it's Friday, this guy and his wife are standing there, and they asked me to push the button for the elevator, oh, right? Yes. <laughs> and so I didn't know what was going on, but it was just this this experience that I had. And so I had all these interesting thoughts. Now I look back at it and I'm just like, wow. how funny. That's awesome. That's I got to push a, the button for it. Right, you know, like right. what a privilege. But um, it, it's just an interesting little dynamic of all these things that people have in their minds as they, mm-hmm. you know, and they see that as the American Judaism, right? And here, you know, we try to teach Christians, you need to respect Judaism. You need to respect the Jewish people. 
especially if you want respect in return, right? We have so much that we can do together and respect is just such a key piece of any relationship that if you want it to be a good one, right? I mean, do you want to have a cordial relationship or do you not? Because I think so often people are trying to just push an ideology or push their opinion or push whatever that they miss the opportunity that God's laid right in front of them. And it's just like, <laughs> there's just so much there that we can do, you know? And so that, that's what I want to hear about from your perspective is what is what are those things you think that we can partner on uh, with, in this case, I would say, Israeli Jews or Jews mm-hmm. who love Israel, the, the ones that are leaning right. towards a love for Israel, not so much the ones that are, you know, held into the Democratic Party in New York and, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are Jews who have replaced their Judaism with some form of liberalism. Yeah. And that makes it very difficult. Um, but I, I think, look, I, you definitely know this, and I'm sure that your listeners know it as well. There is a wariness on the part of many Jews when it comes to dealing with Christians because for a long time there's been a lot of persecution of by Jews in Jesus' name. I mean, with all that we're all not happy with fundamentalist Islam and was with their agenda of global jihad, still many more Jews were killed in the name of Jesus, Crusades and Inquisition and even the Holocaust. And so you have to give a little patience oh, to the Jews sure. when it comes to that, like feeling that the onus is on the Christians to prove that they're not there anymore. Um, and you're especially going to find this with Ashkenazi Jews, mm. the Jews who sort who were in Europe for most of the time, as yeah. opposed to the Middle Eastern Jews, Mizrahi or Sephardi Jews, because those Jews are the ones who lived with the Christians for like a millennia and a half, sure. and were very much affected by that. And so it's going to take time for that to happen. And there's also a wariness in terms of missionizing, um, yeah. because Judaism does not, we don't believe that, we believe that God loves everybody that everybody's made in God's image, and everybody is going to heaven or whatever that means. Sure. Um, and it's not just the Jews that have a lock on that. We have a specific role we have to play in the world. Everybody has a role. We were given the Torah at Sinai in order to bring it out to the world, which I have to say, I think we did. Because oh, yeah. what people consider, what America was founded on, the Judeo-Christian ethos, there's a lot of Judeo in there. There's a lot of biblical stuff yeah. in there. And so Christians who took the Bible and kind of ran with it, and the fact that there are, let's say, people who know the Bible in South America and in Africa is not because of the Jews. It's because of the Christians. Right. Okay. But so by indirect relation, the Jews. Yes, but exactly. Yeah. But first it came yeah. from us, and we're the ones who brought it down. So that's, that's really an, an incredible thing. Um, but there's also, you know, this niggling, like, you know, they're trying to create relationships in order that they can convert us. And so I think it would be really important to establish that from the get-go, that respect means we, you know, we ne- don't necessarily agree with you, yeah. but we respect, and as long as you're God people, and we can see God, look, God plays out in history. Sure. If you look at the history of the Jewish people, God is all over that. Yeah. And so once, th- that's a very big thing. I'm not so sure that many Christians understand how big that is. Yeah, we get it. We get it from people that come and visit us every once yeah. in a while. We get it from um, folks that listen to the podcast every right. once in a while. Essentially, uh, and so this is kind of how I lay it out, and and you can probably answer these questions. Has anybody ever preached the gospel to you? Do you feel like that's been something you've heard? It has, but I'm a very, very, very secure Jew. No doubt. But have you ever been handed a track, say in Jerusalem? No, not so much in Jerusalem. When I lived in the states. Okay, so but but it's it's the work has been done. Mm -hmm. So then we can rest easy. (laughs) In other words, that you've heard the message is my point. Um, and 
and it's not necessarily now my job, because I guess with Martin Luther, right, what happened is, hey, we're a friend of the Jewish people, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, everything's great. And then like, oh, wait, they didn't convert. So now burn their houses down. Exactly. And so that's the question that I have for the listeners is if somebody has free will and they've made their decision one way or the other, is it now our job to like now not be friends with them or not right. have relations with them because of that? I think it's very hypocritical. I think it's and the antithesis of our message in general to have that ideology. Um, and the leeriness of it, I think, is, is it, I find it odd, honestly. I, I get the Great Commission, obviously, right? I understand uh, preaching to the gospel to all nations. I understand these things, and I think we have a good grasp of that here at Beit Tehillah, but it's, it's not, I don't see my job to then overly proselytize somebody and beat a dead horse until it's just a bloody pulp. I think that we've missed the point. Well, ironically, what I've heard is, especially if someone likes me, Yeah. you know, like, we really like you, so we want you to be right. saved. Yeah. I'm like devastated that you're just hanging on to Judaism when it's so clear that you're not getting to heaven unless you accept Christianity. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm good to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, you know, well, and that's an important point. It is. And then, but, and then the question from there is, now what? And mm-hmm. I think that's where I'm trying to bring people is to the now what. Well, let me help you understand what the now what is. The now what is you you still have to be who you say you are, loving and kind and gracious right. and all of these things. Uh, just because somebody doesn't agree with you, which is kind of how we started this whole conversation, doesn't mean that now all of a sudden they don't have, you know, two Jews, three opinions. Hey, how about there's more than one opinion out there and people mm-hmm. have free will. And we have to respect people's free will ultimately because that's a gift from God. Exactly. God gave the gift of free will. And so if we don't respect that free will, then who are we now against? Are we are we against that person individually or are we against the free will that God gave them? Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's the ultimate issue as I see it, right? And of course, I know that there's more opinions, but I try to express that to our listeners that um, I don't think that being a true friend means that you, I mean, do you hit your family over the head over and over and over again with it? You know, you know, you, you, you do what you can, you love, you know, all these things, but at the, at the end of the day, you should have a true loving relationship with somebody despite whether they agree with you or not. Look, when we see what's happening, um, like in Israel today, a lot of anti-Israel sentiment is where anti-Semitism used to go, you know? And so now it's taken kind of a political framework. I'm not, I don't hate the Jews. I just hate Israel. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But Let's face it. So your last podcast with uh, the Peter Irishman. Baum, yeah. Oh my gosh! Listen, so Pastor Nick just got his DNA back what a month ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it turns out he's like mostly uh, English, Scottish, Irish, Wales, a lot of Irish all that. In there. Yeah, a lot of yeah, Irish in there. He told me. Well, I mean, I don't know if you can tell by the color of my beard, uh-huh. uh, but my great my grandmother's maiden name is Mackie, so we're talking. Wow. We're talking Irish, right? Okay. Uh, I also got some Hispanic in there, but we're not going to go into my genealogy right now. Um, but it's funny that I'm listening to this podcast, right? And he's talking about how anti-Semitic Ireland, like the, the Republic, right? Pro, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, good heavens, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I almost felt like, wow, what a cool flip of the script, you know what I mean? That these these two guys that have all this Irish blood in us, right. you know, are super pro-Israel, super pro-Jews uh, and Christians uh, getting along and working together and all that stuff. I mean, how... How cool is that? I think it's more than cool. I think it's a God's test. Yeah. Because, look, we all make mistakes. Sure. And what's so fascinating, actually, about the Torah is that there's not one perfect person in there. That's correct. Okay? It's it's a book that's written about people and for people. Sure. All right? And 
the only you can't undo things that have already been done, but when given the opportunity, you cannot do it again. And maybe it's not a coincidence that both of you guys with Irish backgrounds, maybe God is like testing you here. And, and neither of us drink Irish whiskey. Oh, okay, so then you don't have to boycott. It <laughs> we the don't way have to suggested. boycott. Yeah. No, but I think when we all we, we all you don't get a do over, but you kind of do. Yeah. And what I sometimes think is maybe this is actually the test of the Christian world right now, in order to obviously not make up for, but prove that it's not on the Christian agenda anymore, the terrible things that happened in the past, yeah. is now, given that we're in the 21st century, where, where are Christians going to go with this new opportunity to care for and partner with the Jews? Yeah. And make the same mistakes as were made in the past, or fix it this time? Yeah. Well, and ultimately, if, if we believe the promises given to Abraham, you know, I'll mm-hmm. bless those that bless you, that's I'll right. curse those that curse you. Um, let's just say I don't want to be on the curse side of history. You that's know? right. And that's a side note. I don't think that's our motivation. Uh, but ultimately, it's a pretty cool promise to have that in our back pocket to say, yeah, hey, listen, is. you know, uh, because of the things that God has put on our heart and the actions that we're taking, this is a, I mean, he's He's promised the blessing, you know? I mean, come on. You that's know? right. Hello. So anyways, what a pleasure it's been to speak with you. Listen, we listen to your podcast all the time. This is such a cool opportunity for us to have you live and in, in person and well, on our you. podcast, you know? Um, so really is cool for us. Um, if there are any, any last words or anything else that you, you want to throw in there? Yeah, come visit. Okay. All right. If there are any of you out there who are listening to this who have not yet been to the land, it will change you. Uh, not necessarily, it won't be easy necessarily. Sure. Uh, a lot of people's pots get stirred when they get there. Yeah. Um, because it is an intense place. It's not painted in pastels. It's painted <laughs> in very vibrant colors. Yeah. Um, but it will change you in some way. And if you're willing to go with that and you're willing to kind of throw it in with God and say, I want to see his land and see his people at home, you need to come. Yeah. And you, you come with the Bible and you go to these places that are talked about and uh, you will not get back on the plane the same as when you got off the plane. So if you haven't yet been there, you need to go. And if you've been there, you need to come back because yeah. it's constantly changing. That's a good word. Um, yeah, and and that's a I mean that's a great point. Um, do you have a, a website that I mm-hmm. can direct folks to? Yeah, my name Eve Harrow with one R. Okay. E v e h a r o w dot com. Okay. And my schedule's up there, and the stuff that I do, all my shows, all my podcasts end up there also. Um, and I'm always planning my next trip. Yeah. Um, I'm coming back. Actually, I'm going home for just eight days, and then I'm coming back to the States at Ugh. the end of March, uh, and then back again in May. So it's busy. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's important, I mean, to use, maybe this is in poor taste, to bring the mountain to Muhammad, if you will. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. not everybody does get there. Yeah. And, um, there's so many things happening at warp speed, also sure. politically. Oh man, this and like every day is something new. Yeah, we don't even have time to get into the oh political climate or the election crazy coming things. up. But crazy, um, crazy. It's yeah. a, I feel sometimes like God is revving it up. Sure. You know. Um, oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, it's kind of like if you've been to a, a Jewish home on Friday afternoon right before Shabbat starts, oh, yeah. and that last hour is total chaos oh, until yeah. we light candles and bring in the Sabbath, uh, and it's so I feel like we're in that hour of total chaos before. I don't yeah, that's know a great way to put be. it. I never thought about that because yeah. obviously we keep you know the Sabbath mm-hmm. as best as we can, right? Um, but we have the same thing, right? right? I'm rushing home from work, traffic. Oh my gosh, exactly. you know she's got you know working on the house, holla bread, this Exa- and that. Uh huh. And so maybe that's what. The, the world is doing it right before Shabbat. I mean, we're just, we're coming to 
So something's happening. Something, here. something yeah. big is happening. That's here. interesting. And you want to be on the right side of history when it happens. Yeah, don't you? absolutely. Okay, guys, thank you uh, so much for listening. We've been here with Eve Harrow. Uh, you can catch her on the web at eveharrow.com. Uh, also, if you have SoundCloud or an iPhone, uh, SoundCloud is usually for Android, iPhone podcast app for the iPhone. You can listen to her on the Land of Israel network at thelandofisrael.com. Uh, her show is called Rejuvenation, uh, which is a, an, an awesome podcast. She has the best guests. I think I said that earlier. Um, but you guys should definitely check that out because... Uh, I want you to take this as an opportunity of an introduction and then listen, because you're going to hear things and hear about things that you're not going to get anywhere else. It's just a perspective you just won't find other places. And at the same time, you're going to find other great hosts uh, on that network that you can listen to as well. Um, If you guys want to reach out to us, if you have any questions or a message or anything that you want to get through us to Eve, uh, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net. You can call the office here at 813-654-2222. And we just love you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great week.